Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I wonder if by any chance you've seen that movie that I've referred to previously, Love Actually, a romantic comedy, uh, one that has some enjoyable things, many enjoyable things, and one that nonetheless is defiled throughout, uh, courtesy of Richard Curtis, the writer, director, creator of this show. And I have previously quoted the opening line of this movie, and I'm going to do so here again. So it opens with narration voiced over by Hugh Grant, who in the movie is introduced as the newly installed Prime Minister, David. Quote, Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow International Airport. General opinion is starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often, it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. End quote. When I referred to this before and my thoughts concerning it, there was some sort of, you might refer to it as serendipity, because that very same day, there was a terrorist attack in London in which an individual plowed his vehicle into some pedestrians, and it was in proximity to Parliament. Well, we are a bit later now. The President of the United States' big trip has been completed. And during that trip, a number of terrible things happened. Islamist terrorist acts were committed, committed against innocent people, innocent, foolish, sinful people, no doubt, in England, in London. There was the murderous Islamist terror attack at Manchester Arena during a pop concert, actually at the end, at the conclusion of the concert featuring a young American starlet, pop singer starlet. That was followed up 
by a murderous Islamist terror attack on Westminster Bridge and outside of the Parliament building. The attack took place for a grand total, supposedly, of 88 seconds, in which a multitude of people were attacked as this Islamist, terrorist, known extremist, known extremist, plowed a four-by-four, meaning four-wheel drive vehicle, into innocent people on Westminster Bridge and then ran towards Parliament and stabbed a police officer to death. Then this was followed up by murderous Islamist terror attack on London Bridge and the Borough Market. Following the attack on London Bridge, in which, again, a vehicle was plowed into innocent pedestrians, three Islamist terrorists leaped out, started stabbing people, and they made their way to Burrow Market. The last death toll I saw on that was seven, with, I'll get to the figures here momentarily, 18 people now in critical condition, formerly 21 people in critical condition. Two Islamists dead, 12 suspects were arrested, were rounded up, arrested, and released without charges being filed. One might say London Bridge is falling down. Well, there was a movie. It was a follow-up, a sequel to one concerning the White House falling down, as it were, being taken. And this one was pertaining to Actions in London. But, again, to Richard Curtis and those of his thinking, his persuasion, his mindset, the way to oppose these evil destroyers hell-bent on slaughtering First and foremost, Christians and Jews, but then all who oppose them, all who are not with them. Whether they happen to be babies, children, youngsters, adolescents, young adults. Whether they happen to be women, pregnant women, women great with child and with their toddlers or whether it happens to be men or elderly people. They're all fair game.
And according to those like Richard Curtis, again, the way to combat this is just to ignore it. (laughs) Really, just ignore it. Just deny it. Be in denial. Put your head in the sand and ignore it. Well, guess what? In UK and the continent, that has been the policy. Oh, yes, they've spent some funds on anti-terrorism and so on and so forth. But if you look at the approach that has been taken concerning the Islamists, it has been to deny the problem and to ignore it. And in the United States of America, and even in the United States of America's vaunted military, and intelligence agencies. You know, Muslim head of the CIA, great, converts to Islam, adopts Islam as his own. Well, if you imagine things like this are going to stop occurring in England, in the UK, in the continent of Europe, in Scandinavia, you are imagining. This is what's known as the soft underbelly. It's a soft target. And they will go on attacking it viciously, ruthlessly, murderously until they are rooted out. And that's going to take a bit, going to take a while. Because England and Europe, you say England, it's really Britain, Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland and England. But they have embraced the Muslims. They have invited them. They have welcomed them. They have rewarded them. And this is what they get in return. Previously, I quoted some lines from a movie with the title Dirty War. And I think I need to revisit that one as well. So I'm only going to share two lines. They actually were in the opening of the movie. They preceded the body of the movie. So they were just in the lead up, the run up to the movie. The first one, quote, It will only be a matter of time before a crude chemical, biological or radiological, or you might think nuclear, CBRN attack is launched on a major Western city. So I added my two bits there, so let me go back. It will only be a matter of time before a crude chemical, biological, or radiological attack is launched on a major Western city. End quote. This from E. Manningham Butler, who was head of MI5, the domestic security agency renowned around the globe, but its responsibility there 
in England, in Britain, is for domestic security, much as the FBI is in the United States of America. He was quoted as stating that June of 2003. And then one more quote. Quote, London is as prepared as it possibly can be. End quote. Nick Rainsford, Minister for London, April 2004. So those quotes were from 14 years ago and 13 years ago, respectively. Well, let me share a couple more recent quotes with you, if I may. London Mayor Sadiq Khan and Metropolitan Police Commissioner Cressida Dick gave statements at the scene of the latest monstrous, murderous Muslim terrorist attack. London Bridge, Borough Market. The good mayor said that he was angry and furious that these three men are seeking to justify their actions by using the faith that I belong to. The good commissioner, Cressida, stated that arming every single police officer was not a sensible or practical option. I'm just going to let that sink in there, right? Arming every single police officer is not a sensible or practical option. Well, then... Heavens to Betsy, what is a sensible or practical option? Is it any wonder that she is commissioner for police in metropolitan London? Is there any wonder that they selected such an outstandingly qualified, wise, wonderful woman as Cressida Dick be in charge of the police. To her, it is insensible and impractical to arm the police. Insensible and impracticable for the police people's personal safety while performing their duties. How about for the citizens that they are supposed to protect? You know, they purportedly protect. I've watched a TV series from the BBC entitled Death in Paradise. Perhaps you've seen it. More likely not. But I found it to be enjoyable. And if you watch that series, which... Remarkably enough, over the span of the first four seasons, lost three principal members of the cast. 
you just don't have that happen normally with hit shows. But uh, was the case here for any variety of reasons. But you will find that the police in that program are unarmed. And it is set in a locale far from UK, down in the Caribbean, on a fictitious island, St. Marie, when it was actually, uh, was and is, produced on Guadalupe. But this has been standard operating procedure in UK for some time, is police do not need to be armed. You know, the weapons are just, you know, intimidating to the populace. You don't need that. Billy clubs, batons, maybe electric trick batons tear gas whatever these things are adequate and of course handcuffs now i've worked as an unarmed security guard in the past i do have experience with that at night graveyard shift patrolling a campus in a major metropolitan area of the united states of america And there was routinely gunfire in the vicinity. But I was armed with a flashlight and a walkie-talkie. And uh, I live to tell about it. But as far as my ability to protect and defend and save people, I was constantly concerned about my absolute inability to do that because of being prevented from being armed and trained to actually do that. That's not to say that there was no utility in having a presence, but (laughs) it was definitely on the honor system. And when you're dealing with vicious, ruthless criminals, vicious, ruthless destroyers, the honor system doesn't work. Well, the UK, the UK's best and brightest, their finest, Their mayor, Sadiq Khan, who is deeply offended that these Islamist terrorists are committing their evils in the name of the religion to which he belongs. But then he belongs to a religion which is a political ideology slash religion, religious fraud perpetrated on billion-plus people currently, courtesy of Satan masked as one of his many pseudonyms, Allah, and his minion, his chief minion, masked as Prophet Muhammad. 
And then the UK police, headed up by none other than that visionary Cressida Dick. Well, it's a pity. It's a pity and a shame, and I do mean shame, that people like this are in charge. But the same is true here in the United States of America. Our former CIA director who converted to Islam and, of course, former President Barack Hussein Obama, former President William Jefferson Clinton, former President George W. Bush, and current President Donald Trump, to name but a few, with regard to this most recent attack, which will by no means be the last one, unfortunately. There have been calls for the resignation. No, not of the police commissioner, Chrissita Dick, not for the mayor, Sadiq Khan, but for Prime Minister Theresa May. Now, Theresa May is an interesting choice as Prime Minister. She owes her Prime Ministership to the Brexit vote, which she was opposed to. I mean, you can't write this stuff. It is amazing. How does that happen? That she is swept into office following the Brexit vote, which she opposed. It's the reverse of what took place following the end of the European campaign of World War II. Weeks, bare weeks after the fall of the Nazi Reich. Winston Spencer Churchill, who had seen England and Britain through that monstrous ordeal, he was swept out of office by those who opposed him. It was... uh, Uh, So here's turnabout is fair play. (laughs) Theresa May swept into office as a result of what she opposed. Even as the leftists then, immediately following the end of World War II, were swept into office, despite the fact that The reason that Britain made it through was courtesy of Winston Churchill. Was he one man, a savior of UK? No, but he was a man used by God, even if he was a man devoid of faith. 
and who had so very many flaws. Well, this call for the resignation of Prime Minister Theresa May actually goes back a little bit. It goes back a week. It goes back to the previous Islamist terrorist attack. And each time there is an attack, there is another call for her resignation. Again, the, the body count, the death toll of this most recent horrendous attack currently stands at seven people dead, 48 injured, 18 of those critically. It was 21 of those critically. Apparently three were upgraded. The names of the Islamist terrorists that died, I'm going to mispronounce their names badly, Quram Shazad Butt and Rashid Redwan. So Butt was a British citizen born in Pakistan. Redwan claimed to be Moroccan and Libyan. And he used another name, Rashid Elkdar. So, Theresa May, Every attack that follows, every subsequent attack will result in another call for her resignation. And frankly, she's not going to be able to weather that storm. There is no way she's going to be able to to get through it because these attacks are going to just keep on coming. So there was great... Criticism following the Manchester Arena Muslim terrorist attack and calls for her resignation following the Westminster Bridge attack and now London Bridge Manchester attack. London Bridge, Manchester, Westminster Bridge, all of these laid at her doorstep and not entirely without some reason. She apparently is responsible for cutting the police force, but at the same time, how can you blame her for that? When Commissioner Cressida Dick believes the police force should be unarmed, except for, oh, well, maybe some SWAT teams, that sort of thing, you know. So how is it that we just blame Theresa May? What does it matter how many police there are as long as they're unarmed? Really? The question is, how much longer will these attacks 
be of this ilk with vehicles and with knives as compared to the attack Manchester Arena with bombs? Or what about what was predicted 14 years ago that it was just a matter of time and not that much time before there would be dirty bomb attacks. Only a matter of time before a crude chemical, biological, or radiological attack is launched on a major western city. Chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, CBRN attack. Yes, there are all manner of targets that can be chosen for such attacks, but certainly London has to be looking very inviting, especially since they don't see any need, any compelling need, reason, or sense or practicality, or practicability in arming the police. And of course, the citizenry are absolutely prohibited from being armed. And that does so much good, because these Islamist terrorists, of course, they obey the laws, And all the kidnappers, rapists, murderers, they obey the laws. Oh, we can't have guns? All right, we won't have guns. We won't have weapons because we're not supposed to have weapons. No, the only people it prevents from being armed and trained are the law-abiding citizenry. That's it. Again, when you have leaders like Police Commissioner Cressida Dick. This is the thinking that permeates their stratosphere. Is that citizens, not citizens via Pakistan and Morocco and Libya or wherever, but British citizens who have not evidenced themselves as being Islamist so-called extremists, but British patriots, Christians, they cannot be trusted to be armed. They cannot be permitted to protect themselves, defend themselves. They must instead depend on the unarmed police to defend them. It's brilliant. It's simply brilliant. The death toll in the attack at Westminster Bridge and outside of Parliament is five, as far as I know, including a woman who fell from the bridge and died later. Back to the beginning. 
the introduction. For those of you who did not hear the introduction, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Well, on President Trump's recently completed big trip, the Pope pushed his agenda, one of his many agenda items, but that is the Paris Accord on global climate change. Well, tip of the hat to President Trump for not being swayed by that. That rock star celebrity, the Pope, but instead backing away from that global climate change Paris Accord of Barack Hussein Obama's signing. How long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, definitely including the United States of America, surrender their autonomy to a one-world regime for the collective good, for the greater good, We put aside our, not differences in the sense of uh, clashing differences, but our own individuality. Well, guess what? All of these Western nations have put aside their individuality long ago. In truth, they have. They've put aside their distinctive comparatively noble qualities to embrace Islam, to embrace sexual perversion, sodomy nationwide and in the military and everywhere else, and legal so-called marriage, perversion of marriage. And induced abortion. The cold-blooded, deliberate, premeditated, monstrously vicious murder of the only truly innocent members of society. Who according to our constitution, I don't know about these other constitutions, but according to our constitution are supposed to be safe from unreasonable search and seizure, let alone search and destruction in their mother's wombs. And then all of the pornography, including the vicious, brutal, sadistic, maniacally monstrous pornography, and prostitution galore, and everything else that has been embraced and been allowed and been permitted and been condoned and been rewarded. Here in the United States of America, we have vast numbers of people that are incarcerated. If we had capital punishment, if we had an effective, efficient, just justice system, 
It would deter a significant amount of violent crime. And those who committed such evils would be eliminated swiftly. Why do you think in the Constitution there is this about a swift trial and trial before your peers? We've so perverted, we've so allowed the perversion, the subversion, the corruption, the degradation of justice in this nation. We have no inkling of it. What passes for justice is injustice, is perversion of justice, is miscarriage of justice. And the land is bloody, the land is filled with blood, and it is guilty of blood. And there is a price to pay for that. And all of those who want to imagine away God and the Holy Bible are willfully ignorant of that. But while they have done everything in their power to tear down Christianity and to remove it from the landscape in terms of it having any actually effect effectual influence in this nation, godly influence in this nation, they embrace evils such as Islam. Now, are there hundreds of millions of people enslaved by Islam who fail to recognize what Islam really is? Yes. Yes, there are. Perhaps this mayor, Sadiq Khan, is one of them. I'm willing to Imagine that he is. But ignorance is no excuse. Islam is evil from the beginning until now. Muhammad was evil, bloody, murderous terrorist bent on bringing the entire world into enslavement to him and to Satan. Allah. But I saw the beginning of a movie, oh, I don't know, a day or two ago. And no, I don't have TV service and I don't go to movies. This is, you know, streaming or DVDs, whatever is the cheapest way. And the movie was called, I don't know, Unthinkable or The Unthinkables or something like that. And the plot line concerned an American, a Caucasian American who had been in the military, who had been in special forces, was highly trained and expert, and he converted to Islam. And he became an Islamist terrorist who attempted to 
wreak havoc on this nation. And by setting, planting three nuclear bombs in major metropolitan cities in this nation. And what it centered around, before I stopped watching it because it was too gruesome, but what it centered around was what is the way to deal with somebody like that, person or persons like that, who if they are not dealt with, will succeed in murdering millions of people. Should we treat them with kid gloves? Should we insist on not being too harsh with them while we allow millions and millions of innocents to be slaughtered, destroyed. Well, needless to say, a responsible government cannot. But we here in the United States of America and in the Western nations do not have any concept what responsible government is. At least not anything we've seen in our lifetimes. There are good and godly people who have some understanding, some understanding of what responsible government should be somewhat like. But we have not experienced it. And I can say that because of my age and because of who has occupied not only the White House, but the Senate and the Congress and the Supreme Court and so forth during my lifetime in the United States of America. And preceding my lifetime. Well, yes, these Islamists may manage, worst case scenario, Let's say they succeed in murdering, pick a number. Let's say one billion. All right? Let's say, I mean, that that number may be shocking to you, but let's say 100 million in the United States of America and 100 million in Europe and divvy the rest up around the world. South America, Africa, Asia, so forth. Let's say they make it to one billion. Let's contrast that with some great world leaders, present and past, and some of whom will be past before much longer. You know, those great world social engineers, including... 93-year-old Prince Philip of England, London, Buckingham Palace, hubby to Queen Elizabeth II. How about Ted Turner? Turner Broadcasting. 
one of the richest men in the world, one of the largest landowners in the world, and so forth. Ethics professor Peter Singer here in the United States of America at Princeton University, last I knew, via Australia. Ethics professor, a foremost ethics professor. You know, study of what, what is ethical. Dr. Henry Kissinger, who is still going strong, he had a triple or quadruple bypass surgery ages and ages ago, whom I refer to routinely as Dr. Strangelove, with reason, the late Jacques-Yves Cousteau, and there are so many others that you can include in this group, from the Council on Foreign Relations, from the Bilderbergers, from the Council of Rome, from just, you know, so many great ones. So many of them with stated desires and or intentions of eliminating many billions, plural, of people from the earth. So many of them are dedicated to eliminating eliminating multiple billions of people from this world. I'm sure that vast majority of people in this nation and the Western nations, of course, would not believe such a thing as that. But it happens to be true. And contrast that with, again, with the Islamist terrorists perhaps managed to not just murder a few dozen here and a few dozen there, and maybe some hundreds here and some thousands there, but millions here and millions there and maybe a whole billion. These great thinkers desire the destruction of the majority of mankind. To make the world safe. Contrast that with the likes of Ugandan dictator Idi Amin. Do you remember Idi? Good old Idi. He had a couple hundred thousand or so people. As far as I know, it was less than that. Closer to 150,000. Butchered in his dungeons with ball-peen hammers. He was a hands-on guy. Not that he did it all himself, but he certainly took part. 150 to 200,000 people murdered, that's all. How about the Cuban communist dictators, Fidel and brother Raul Castro? Hmm. Oh, I know, we never hear about the evils perpetrated by this gruesome twosome but they are monstrous. Still, the number comparatively small. And then there are the North Korea's communist regime family, the Kims. 
now in its third go-round, third generation here, with Kim Young-un, as I refer to him. How many there with, with them that they've been responsible for murdering? How many millions? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess at it here as far as since the end of the Korean War up until now. I'll just throw a figure out there, three million. Okay, A great many of them Christians. Includes children, young people, adolescents, young adults, as well as men and women, husbands and wives, and elderly people. Then there's Cambodia's communist Khmer Rouge dictator Pol Pot. And all of his inner circle, he and all of his inner circle were educated in where? The slums of some Asian city over there somewhere or perhaps in some jungle hideaway? No, no, no. They were educated in Paris, France. Pol Pot and his inner circle were educated in Paris, France. Pol Pot and his inner circle who were responsible for the killing fields, as detailed by John Barron, who also wrote the book KGB. The killing fields. Two million plus, a great many of them children, A great many of those children were murdered by other children who were forced to murder them. And what kind of implements did they use? Did they use guns, firearms? No. No. Nothing as merciful as a firearm was used. They used garden hose and other such implements, machetes and what have you. Absolutely mind-boggling. But then, again, a couple million. What's that? Out of a population of four million, two million slaughtered. I know my father couldn't believe it. He said there would be no place to bury the bodies. They didn't bother with any niceties like burying the bodies. They strew the bones on the ground. They left the bodies on the ground like dung. How about Vietnam's communist dictator Ho Chi Minh? How about the Sudanese Muslim dictator? More than two million Christians torturously murdered, brutally, monstrously murdered, not to mention the children being enslaved. Italy's Benito Mussolini, of you know, chicken feed with him, you know, so many in Ethiopia and what have you, but still, small numbers, comparatively. How about Japan's Hirohito and the evils that he did? How about China's communist dictator Mao Zedong and his wonderful wife? Now we're talking, now we're talking millions and millions and millions and millions. And then there's Nazi Germany's fascist dictator Adolf Hitler. Six million Jews, six million Christians, give or take. And all of the additional millions slain during World War II due to his evil attempt to seize control of the world. And then the crown prince of it all, Russia's communist dictator Joseph Stalin, with 60 million plus. How long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, including the USA, surrender their autonomy to a one-world regime? 
I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Hopefully we will, you know, not choose for the collective good, not choose for the greater good, not choose to surrender freedom to worldwide tyranny. Thank you.